Finally, Team Fortress 2's Pyro is getting a jetpack. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time coming, I guess. I don't know. Team Fortress 2's Jungle Inferno update arrived today. Yeah, that's right. I'm not talking about Overwatch or some other game. We're talking about Team Fortress 2. Brought with it a fresh batch of jungle-themed maps, 32 or sorry, 36 new contracts, and a bunch of new cosmetic items. It also introduces some major changes for everyone's favorite flame chucker, the Pyro. Uh, thanks to four new weapons. The Pyro's new weapons, which include a jetpack that can be equipped in their secondary weapon slot, can be earned by completing six contracts coming in today's update. Uh, here's a description of each. The Dragon's Fury. It's a primary weapon, a powerful single-shot flamethrower. Consecutive hits reduce reload time and deal bonus damage. The Thermal Thruster, a secondary, is the jetpack we talked about. Fires a short-duration blast. Deals three times falling damage to opponents you land on. That's awesome. Uh, the Gas Passer has secondary. Uh, it's a gas can that creates a horrific visible gas cloud that can coat an enemy with a flammable flammable material that ignites into afterburn if enemies take damage. And then finally, the hot hand. This is a melee weapon. It's a glove that gives Pyro a speed boost when you hit an enemy player. Every successful slap with hot hand is displayed in the kill feed. So that's some nice BMing going on there. Anyway, he also got a really nasty taunt where he puts his... His gas blaster, pyro gas blast thing between his legs and shoots it out from behind, making it look like a giant flaming fart. Well done, Valve. Well done. everybody, Scott Johnson here, and this is Video Games Daily. NeoGAF has gone silent following allegations against its owner. Uh, yee. The leading games forum has a bit of a meltdown after a sexual assault accusation. Now, if it seems like this stuff's kind of coming uh, fast and wide across multiple industries and places, including video games, well, it's kind of what happens when uh, people have a voice suddenly and they feel like they can do it without repercussions, and that's... That's a good thing. Scott's editorial now off. You can say what you want, think what you want, but I see this as a good thing. Let's clear the air. Let's uh, not hide this stuff anymore. If stuff's happening, you should come forward, and I think that's great, and I support those who do. Anyway, back to the story. NeoGAF, the preeminent forum for video game discussion, for more than a decade has been offline for 24 hours, and the trouble uh, began, it looks like, uh, late afternoon Sunday, rather Saturday, today is Sunday, when these allegations were leveled against the site's owner, uh, who goes by the handle Evil Lore, and the uh, the post uh, a user references his Facebook post uh, for four from four days ago, and uh, they talk about I'm not going to get into huge details here, but some pretty gnarly behavior levied against this person. Uh, what ended up happening is all of the new posts over NeoGAF were nothing but the ongoing controversy. So some were condemning him, some were asking more about what happened, others were making light of the situation, some were flooding the forums with memes and nonsense and just general shitposting, and it got to be a little bit too much, so they've been off air since uh, midnight Eastern Time Sunday, that's today. Uh, if you guys don't remember, this thing started in 2006, it's a relaunch of an old, ga- uh, old gaming age forum, and since then it's been well known as a source for discussion in video games... Developers, industry figures, those types all show up there and talk. 
more than Reddit even when it comes to video games. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it's a big mess over there. I don't know how they're going to fix it or what they're going to do, but this is what happens when you experience shifts in culture. They tend to uh, affect more than just the obvious places. Sometimes they affect a lot of places, especially if the problem is a little more pervasive than that. Again, that's me editorializing. Take it for what you want. I'll see you guys for more here in a bit. Nintendo Switch update, which included a ton of stuff like transferable saves and screen recording and some other cool things. And they're slowly getting around to making that thing better than it was. I mean, the games have been great, but the console itself has not lived up to its potential as a portable, tablet-y, format-y thing. Minus some, uh, you know, it's been missing some really important stuff since the beginning. But um, they've also added wireless headset support in addition to all that stuff. But as always with Nintendo, it's not exactly what you're hoping for. Okay, so along with the the capture capabilities and the save data transfer, which is a big deal, uh, you can now do wireless or able detect wireless headsets as long as they're connected over USB. Okay, <laughs> so uh, you you plug in the Steel Series Siberia 800, for example, the wireless headset into the dock system, and voila, you got audio. Uh, that's all it takes. Plug the USB uh, connector into there, and you're all set to go. Those with USB-C adapters have shared evidence that they're able to use their headsets with some success as well after plugging in the adapter into the unlocked or undocked switch USB-C connector. So it, what it can't do is support Bluetooth audio at this point. Okay. But for that matter, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One don't either. All right. So this is just a it's just the way it is. You're going to have to plug this thing in. Uh, they did uh, report that Splatoon 2 supports native voice chat over LAN connections as is, although all wireless multiplayer modes require a uh, you know the ability to use the separate smartphone app in, in, uh, in order to communicate. I mean, basically, Nintendo just kind of keeps stumbling over themselves with this part of their console. I mean, thank Zeus on high that the games have been great. And the, the support for that has been awesome. The indie games have been awesome. I've been playing Judge on there. Great game. It's also on Steam. Uh, freaking love that device. But one step forward, half step back, we're Nintendo. you thought it was safe to be a YouTuber and you thought you weren't going to get hit with any, any more demonetization notices, bad news. If you've been streaming South Park, the fractured butthole, uh, <laughs> it's getting, uh, uh, people are getting hit with that one. And a lot of people aren't sure why the current bet is it's because of the swearing and the, and the, and the language of the game. Not the players necessarily, but of the game. I mean, you got to understand this isn't this isn't South Park and/or their publisher Warner Interactive getting involved. This is advertisers saying, um, "Yo, we're Coca-Cola, and we'd really prefer uh, our game not be associated with the level of crass whatever that's coming out of South Park, the fractured butthole." 
Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I got inundated this last week with gameplay streams and uh, videos of Ubisoft's sequel to 2014's uh, Stick of Truth. I said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean Ubi. I didn't mean uh, Warner Brothers. I meant Ubisoft. Duh. The game, much like its predecessor, includes sexually suggestive humor, crude language, and racist terminology. There are a number of cutscenes and dialogue options that violate YouTube's strict advertising guidelines, leading to demonetization concerns for many creators. That is to say, YouTubers. Most uh, YouTubers, they understand this means they won't get any revenue from their game. Uh, one of them uploaded a review of both the Fractured Butthole and Stick of Truth, exploring how the games uh, deviate from traditional RPG structures. Right after uploading the video, he noticed that the video was flagged for demonetization. Um, anyway, another one, a uh, YouTuber named The Lone Few, his real name is Austin Clark, told uh, Polygon that his Let's Play was also a hit before the stream even went live. We were hit with a yellow, not suitable for most advertisers sticker. A couple hours later, the video went up, and uh, there was a couple of ads that appeared on the video, but then those were gone later as well, up until a few hours ago. We did not have any ads on it. Are you seeing pop-up ads on the video? If so, that's strange, he says. Anyway, this is getting more and more frequent. And uh, here's what I know. Here's what I know to be sure, okay? This is Scott talking, okay? Put on your helmet. Put on your uh, plastic helmets, because here I go. I don't know what that means, but put them on anyway. This is going to become more the norm moving forward. And the reason for that is, whether the game has the content or the player or the YouTuber himself is the content, uh, I don't think mainstream advertisers are... Get, I think they're starting to not be as comfortable as they maybe once were with the reach of the web. In other words, YouTube has such a powerful reach now that it's getting back to them that somebody said some terrible things and then also advertised the Lexus. You know what I mean? So... I think they're going to be stricter about that moving forward. I think that they are going to expect TV standards for a lot of this content for them to attach their name to it, even if it's for a brief 15-second video. I guess what I'm saying is don't expect this to go down. In fact, expect it to go up. some lighter weird news an aspiring youtuber cosplayed as pikachu and rushed the white house fence yep 2017 baby uh <laughs> earlier this week the secret service took down pikachu i gotta call i have a buddy in the secret service i should call and see if he was on detail that night or that day i would love to know if he was involved in this or if he could tell me more into the story but anyway obviously this pikachu was a neat Sorry, was a dude in a costume and not the actual Pikachu. Because, hey, he doesn't actually exist. Uh, it was 36-year-old Curtis Combs, a Kentucky native. He was taken into police custody after the incident and has since been charged with unlawful entry, according to the D.C. Superior Court. Uh, Combs pled not guilty, so he'll be heading to court uh, starting November 9th. I don't know how you plead not guilty if you storm the White House in a freaking Pikachu costume, but whatever. It's on. You were literally getting a YouTube video of it made. Uh, he told the Secret Service that he planned to film this for his uh, YouTube fame. Uh, Trump was not there at the time, by the way. So, anyway, do it for the YouTubes, baby. <laughs> There's no actual footage of the attempt that we know of. Uh, I'd love to see some of that because he didn't get very far. But uh, Pikachu, still a threat. Here's some audio, actually. Let's see what this says. 
This is Fox News Alert, a scary and chaotic scene outside the White House. The Secret Service confronting a man who jumped the White House fence. It all happened right in front of our Fox crew and Fox News Chief White House correspondent Ed Henry joins us live. All right. Anyway, they just showed some footage of that. The guy's on the ground. There's a dog there barking at him. Two service guys have got him face down on the grass. And there's another dude holding a very scary, serious-looking weapon, uh, waving it around, looking for anything that might be happening outside of this event. I don't think it was worth it. It's not worth it, dude. Plus, you might get demonetized for it. So watch out.